Welcome to the Japan 2.0 podcast. Um, we are your hosts. I'm Matt. And this is David. And I'm excited to bring to you today a topic that is very rarely visited, at least in English on the internet. I think it's probably the most obscure thing we've covered so far, and it's very like Japanese centric. It's close to home for you. It's close to home for me, it really is.、Uh, and it's a hidden secret. Yes, it's a place we just were today, and it's a place called Motoko Town. And what is Motoko Town, Matt?、Uh, Motoko Town is basically、uh, a black market that's under <laughs> the subway. Is it a black market exactly? Yeah, I think、yeah. it is. I mean, it must have started from like, black market days in、uh, Kobe, I think.、Mm. It's a district that runs from Motomachi Station in Kobe to Kobe Station in Kobe.、Uh, I think it would take you know, about 20 minutes to walk the whole thing.、Eh, 25 minutes to walk the whole thing.、Uh, they're sectioned off in different sections by number. And we usually hang out just in Motoko Town, three and two. And that's about like an eight minute stretch or so.、Um, the thing about Motoko Town, why we're bringing this to you, why it's important, is first of all, there's not a lot on Kobe in English on the internet besides like touristy things to do. And I feel like Motoko Town is like the anti Kobe.、Uh, when you read about Kobe online, most people are going to talk about its European influence, and a lot of diplomats came here, and it's a port city, so it has this huge Western influence, and these street lined streets. It's very、uh, clean. Tree, tree lined streets, which we are sitting in right now. And it can be clean, but Motoko Town is the opposite of all that, isn't it? Oh, it's a grimy, dirty, gritty place that.、Um, Has terrible smells. <laughs> it doesn't always smell as bad as it did today. I don't know why it smelled、uh, like that today. There's, there are definitely parts of it that smell better than others. And,、yeah. um, but, um, but it's just chocked full of like, awesome, awesome things. And it,、yeah. it's kind of like、um, we've talked about Amerikamura in Osaka、mm-hmm. or in Tokyo. You got Harajuku and Shibuya and、um, Shinjuku.、Mm-hmm. You know, places that are con- concentrated with a lot of artistic things or a lot of、um, underground things.、Mm. And、um, I feel like the Motoko town is Kobe's hidden gem, you know? It is. The, the difference to me between Harajuku or Amerikamura is like, you're going to see tourists there, you're going to see teenagers there, and high school students in both those areas a lot. Motoko town, you will not see tourists. Or you might see foreigners who like, live here, but you won't see tourists, and you're not going to see like, teenage kids hanging out there because it's, it's a pretty shady place. It, it is literally underground, and I think it, a lot of people use the word underground lightly in a metaphorical way, but I think it, it is really underground. I think it's mature culture, you know, not like,、um, <laughs> not, and, and not as a, like, an explicit sense.、Yeah. I think it's like older people, 30, 30 to 50 year olds. It's very nebulous and it's hard to describe, but I think there are a lot of vintage shops. That'd be the number one kind of shop down there, whether it's records or clothing or books or washing machines. 
there's a lot of used shops. I think that would maybe attract older people, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it would. Um, and I think that the people that set up shop there yeah. are, you know, they're in their that age range, and they're typically kind of stylish people in some cases. In other cases, it's or very like incredibly old. <laughs> yeah, they're incredibly old, and it looks like um, peddlers, you know, almost. Mm-hmm. It. I'll never forget. I found it about a week after living here, and like, I really like both worlds. I like fancy, nice things. I like artistic things, but I also love some grime. And I can't handle a place that has only one of those. You know, if I'm in a place that's just like a really nice area, I feel like I don't fit in. If I'm in a super grimy place, I start to feel dirty if there's nowhere else to go. You know. Um, and I wasn't so, so old on Kobe when I first lived here because I'd only seen, like, the nicer sides of it, you know? I feel like there's no real non-mainstream culture. Um, and I don't know how we stumbled upon multiple Town, but I feel very lucky to have found it after about a week. And I just remember I was with a coworker, and I was just bugging out. I was just going crazy. And I don't typically show a lot of emotion, especially around coworkers. And I remember she thought I was pretty weird at that moment. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I just felt like this is exactly what Kobe needs. And I can't believe you know, I did so much research. I knew I was going to live here for a year before, and I was constantly reading about Kobe. And I just couldn't believe this place existed, and I hadn't found it on the Internet. Yeah, um, if you're into, like, flea markets or yeah. something like that, uh, it has it basically what it is. I mean, it's just small shops that are, uh, they have those metal uh, gates that come down, yeah. you know, and so if you go during a time that it's closed, you wouldn't know that there was anything there. But if you go during the day, and, or usually Saturday is probably the best day to shop there. Today I saw the most shops open. thing, I mean, you hit on it well, but there's no time where you can go to Motoko Town and hit all the shops because you have nighttime shops and you have daytime shops. And I would say it seems like there's always... 50% of the shops open no matter what time you go because maybe you go during the day and the nighttime shops are closed or vice versa uh, but yeah it seemed like today on the weekend like you said uh, most I would say maybe 60 or 70% were open which is the most I had seen and actually the record shop guy we met at the end said his shop is only open on the weekend and I think it hit that hits on another main point which is that rent has to be incredibly cheap because Japan is prone to earthquakes this is underneath the railroad track and it's like the last place you want to be if there's an earthquake <laughs> yeah um, and it's funny because a lot of these places are, are definitely uh, I would say dangerous <laughs> if there was an earthquake because um, they're kind of cluttered and there's stuff everywhere and if there was an earthquake things would probably most likely fall on you and trap you yeah. the epitome of the clutter is a record shop we like called Freakout Records mm. and that place man I've never seen anything more on earth in my life. Freakout Records is a place that, yeah, if there was an emergency, you'd you would be freak in out. Big trouble. The name yeah. is freak out for a reason, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's an app name. You you were feeling claustrophobic in there today. Uh, uh, even today, I was just thinking like, yeah, it was just too. Well, I I had a backpack on, and so if you have a backpack on and you go into that place, it's just it's almost impossible to really shop. Mm. Uh, but it's just piles stacks the, the guy just stacked stuff in there mm. um, when I was back in the states in California there used to be a comic book shop we'd go to and we had this joke that uh, the guy is the first earthquake that guy's dead and he's gonna die in a pile of comic books 
and I get I don't know what he loves. Though. Yeah, I yeah. feel like Freak Out is going to be the same thing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, like I think there's probably shadier places in Japan or grimier places in Japan. That's not really the point. I guess the point is just like yeah, the juxtaposition on on Kobe as a whole, and this is kind of like. So we like the place called Hongdae because it was like the one and only place for any kind of street culture, and I think this is kind of the one and only place for any kind of street culture in all of Kobe. Um, and it's going to be definitely a shorter episode for us because Moroko Town isn't that big um, of a place. It's kind of just like one street essentially. Um, well, yeah, we just kind of want to give a general overview in this first segment, you know, capturing the vibe there, and then. Uh, you can look forward to in our second segment. We're just going to kind of break down some of the shops and just the weird... Uh, the random, stuff they have the down randomness there. Yeah. of yeah. the shops. But uh, also just giving you, like, we'll, we'll talk about some of the shops that we've seen down there in a little more detail. Sounds uh, great. Yeah, so we're about to hit the break. Uh, thanks for listening, and look forward to more about Multiple Town. Welcome back, and uh, today we're going to give you a Japan 2.0 tip. Um, is this a hack or a tip? This is a hack. Uh, okay, the Japan, Japan 2.0 uh, hack. The 2.0 hacks, hacks, hacks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you always put the echo effect on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's your hack for us? So the hack today is just a helpful tip for anybody that comes and is looking to get some, taste some of the Japanese cuisine. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes if you go into a shop that has a lot of uh, kanji on the menu, it's hard to order something you know they might not have an English menu very intimidating I can't we're both pretty well traveled guys who lived in different countries Japan for me is the scariest place to enter a shop and I think it has to do kanji and pretty much anywhere else in the world maybe not China anywhere else you're gonna get some more English than you would here and with katakana and hiragana I could pretty much work it out so if I go to an Italian restaurant I might be able to you know read some of the items on the menu Mm -hmm. and figure out what's what's in there because uh, they use uh, katakana for um, foreign words so but if it's Japanese words a lot of times they use kanji and it takes years to learn kanji you know to be proficient in kanji so I think the thing most people do in that situation right is you just blindly point yeah, but and quotes, blindly pointing is not always a great idea. It's not great, especially in Japan. Uh, I've had some raw chicken, a couple of raw chicken experiences from just blindly pointing. Yeah, uh, the, it's raw chicken sashimi, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but uh, otsusume is so powerful, that word, because... Well, we haven't even said it. Yeah. The word is otsusume deska, yeah. which is, can you recommend something? Yeah. What's your recommendation? What's your recommendation? And you'll also often see on menus, once you can read, otsusume. So almost every menu will have it on it, which is like our recommended thing. But I remember feeling so much more confident. I started walking into so many shops I was afraid to walk into once I learned this phrase that Matt said. Because, yeah, they know a foreigner is not going to want... Mostly they'll know a foreigner doesn't want raw chicken or a fish head. And they can kind of 
Yeah, and then maybe you could say, well, maybe I'm not going to get, like, authentic Japanese experience, but they're probably going to give you some good chicken, or... I've, I've never gone wrong with the otsusume. I've always liked my recommendation. Yeah, usually, you know, people that open restaurants in Japan, they typically have a lot of pride mm. in their restaurant, and they want you to have, like, the best experience, and... That's from my experience. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. And I think that when you ask them for the recommendation, um, they want to give you something that, that you're going to enjoy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a simple hack. It's There's not much more to it. It's just a nice thing to know. And it's something that, like, I've, I've listened to a lot of survival phrases, and I haven't heard, yeah, heard. I haven't heard that one on there. So, otsusume desu ka? is asking uh, what's your recommendation yeah. and that was a Japan 2.0 hack 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 nice. and we'll be back in the next segment for uh, more about Moto Kotown Moto Kotown <laughs> Alright, welcome back. And we gave you a brief overview of Motoko Town, but we're going to come back at you with just kind of the pure randomness of it all. Um, like I said, the entire stretch is about 30 minutes or so, but most people that I know, we spend about our time in 10 minutes, Motoko 2 and 3. And that general like artwork for when you enter this place is awesome. Um, like every district has its own little special artwork. The numbers are cool. They're kind of abstracted. You know, it's not like your normal number two. They kind of cut off part of it. They have fans. You know, fans are a big deal here in the summer because it gets really really hot. And multiple town has their own fans that they give out with really great fireworks on it. It's got a very like prideful old Japanese feel. Now you were saying something about they might be, um, they might be not kicking people out, but they won't let people open shops yeah. in Motoko Town. This is totally a rumor. I don't know how true it is. Uh, there was a kind of well-known rockabilly foreigner-owned bar by this Canadian guy uh, called the Bees Knees, and I, I love that name. I think that name is great. And I want to say we heard it from him, but. It might not be him. But yeah, we heard uh, he recently shut down his shop. He was saying, like, oh, yeah, it's sad because this shop is going to sit down here and not be used because they're not allowing people to reopen shops anymore. Um, but maybe it's a safety issue like we were talking about before. Maybe the city is planning on repurposing it in the future. And I don't know why. And, again, that could totally be untrue. I've also heard that the, yeah, the rent is just incredibly cheap. And that's why the shops down there are so weird and random and you don't see those kind of shops anywhere else is because it's so dirt cheap to have a shop down there that you can just chance having a uh, exotic animal shop. Or Yeah, I think that's a great transition into um, talking about some of the shops that are down there. Um, what's, what's the weirdest shop you've ever seen down there? Oh man, well, I like the wrestling. There's like a wrestling mat or um, so it's, called, it's a wrestling gym. It's called Ring Soul Blood. 
Yeah. And it's, I think it's a bar and wrestling gym where you can watch matches. And, yeah, I don't know if they do boxing in there also, but, I mean, it just, it's it's crazy that, that there's, like, a, a like a wrestling gym or a wrestling uh, spot. I don't know if they have a ring in there. I haven't had a chance to go in they and see. Have, they do have a ring. Yeah. But every time I walk by, I'm like, what a crazy place to have this. And it's the kind of place I've had, like, two or three plans of going there. One or two of them, they've been closed that night. Like I said, it's very hard to predict when things are going to be open in Mexico Town. And that, again, goes, I think, as evidence that it must be really, really cheap because people just seem to be open whenever they want. Um, number two is that we finally went, but we, like, kind of peeked in and it looked kind of dead. I think it's the kind of place you have to go to when there's, like, a wrestling match going on. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to be, like, a typical kind of a bar. Um, so that, that that's a good one to mention. Um there's a very scary, intimidating shop down there that has, like, a snake for the handle of the door. And on the outside, it's all black. And it says no photos allowed, like, clearly in English on the outside. And there's lots of weird, like, leather, latex photos and matte, dark magic and stuff. And you can't see inside at all. You have to open the door to go in. Uh, that shop kind of freaks me out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The exotic animals, like I mentioned before, is one of the weird. Yeah, we just on. walked by and there was like a giant crow or I raven heard or something. Weird laughing coming out of there, like someone was being tickled. And then I like looked in, yeah, and just saw I saw like um, it's 20, probably a raven, twenty year old. No, it was a human. Oh, it was a <laughs> but, human yeah, laughing. Yeah. Oh. But there was like twenty year old girls in there, and these older guys, and they had like the plastic kind of drapey things, which usually mean some kind of weird sex shop. Uh, yeah, they're not the most inviting of places to be when I see those plastic things hanging down. Uh, but, yeah, I've seen, like, a normal pet shop down there before, but it's closed. Places come and go, like, no other down there, too, which keeps it very exciting. Um, well, they might be going and just going now. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, there's restaurants down there. There's bars. Record shops. Record, a lot of record shops. That's where the basis of our record shops are in Kobe. Uh, there's a lot of cool vintage clothing shops on there. Military surplus stores are yeah. huge, massive. Oh, some of them are of high quality. Like, they yeah. really curated vintage shops um, and pertaining to, like, a particular style. You know, there are leather workshops. Like, uh, I, I would just walk by one that was doing, like, wallets and things like that mm-hmm. and custom embroidery on them and stuff. There used to be, there's this stuff called synthetic weed, and I guess they have it back home. I'm not uh, really into know on a lot of that kind of stuff, but I'd watched a Vice documentary about it in Tokyo before, and I thought, wow, that's crazy. I had no idea that existed in Japan, and the only place I'd ever seen any kind of evidence of it was down in Motukotan. There used to be, uh, they had, like, underwear on the outside, like men's underwear and women's underwear, and I had a friend who, like, kind of, like, picked their head in there, and it had, had a lot of, like, a lot of, like, reggae and Bob Marley imagery going on, too. And they just gave her the big X, you know? And you know. she said what she saw, and she poked her head in there. It was, like, uh, synthetic weed stuff. So, yeah, there are some kind of shady, like Matt said, black market um, connections down there as well. And But Matt was saying vintage clothing stores, and you look at a T-shirt today, it didn't look that cool or that special, and the condition wasn't that great. And how much was that vintage T-shirt? It was, like, $70 yeah. or uh, $7,000. 70 bucks. And... It's just crazy that this place that's so shady, so dingy, would have, you know, adventures clothing for that expensive. Um, 
I was telling Matt, I was pointing out, there's a shop called The Real McCoy. There's a shop, uh, leather jacket company down there. These are like very, very expensive clothing stores, uh, $1,000 jackets and stuff in this horrible area. And I was just thinking like back home, who is going to go drop a grand in an atmosphere like you that? You go to Beverly Hills yeah, or you go yeah, to Rodeo like, Drive yeah, or yeah. you go to the fanciest mall in town, you know? Um, and I think that speaks something about Japan as a whole, right? It's like, I don't know, there's not as much, uh, what's the word for it, segregation? I guess so, yeah. I, I would say that, like, you know, if it's a shopping area, it's a place where everyone goes, the haves and have-nots, you know? I'm just curious and, why those shops would open. I guess to be edgy, maybe? They're not, like, big brand, big uh, main generic brands, you know? They're well, they're, street they're, brands, so... There is a section under the bridge that is a little nicer. You You're know? right. And yeah. it's closer to the station. Yeah, you get closer to Sanamiya, which is the main hub of Kobe, it is much nicer, and you do see normal people there. When you get to, like, 5 and uh, uh, Building 5, and then is it 5 and 6 to yeah, 7? The, the That's high, all, like, the newer the higher stuff. higher the numbers are nicer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The lower the numbers are, it's Big more the, the areas that we like. I've peeked in some shops before that are just, like, general, like, resale shops, like, fridges and stuff. And I've seen, like, dudes, like, just in their underwear and, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, a white beater. Yeah. Just, like, sitting there in this dingy. It looks like something third world, like, China. And it's pretty intense. If like, you go to Building 1, yeah. it is just junk shops. Yeah. It's seriously guys in there, yeah, and just, like, yeah, tank tops selling, uh maybe a video game controller and it's, some, <laughs> some it's pretty yeah. bad it's pretty sad and it's hard to believe it's Japan I mean this third richest country in the world generally Japan just feels nice and expensive but always. it's cool to find places oh, like that and I mean being a like a bit of a um, uh, uh, like collector and stuff you know I, I like going to places with used items and I love flea markets and yeah. you know if you want that vibe I mean it, you could find places here and there, but um, in definitely in Kobe, it's the best spot to be yeah. for that that flea market kind of like digging in the crates, digging in the um, in digging the bins, in the, you know, the gutters. Of yeah, Kobe. yeah. <laughs> uh, have you noticed the soundtrack of Multiple Towns? It's probably my favorite. Yeah, so it plays like these crazy like '80s songs, always and stuff. '80s yeah. American pop songs, and they're great. They're rare cuts. Always like songs I just haven't heard anywhere else in so long. I always love the soundtrack. I, who, do, who do you imagine is controlling, is I've DJing, and I've thought about it a lot actually because um, it's a really good mix, and I'd like to have the mix they're playing because it's never like the number one songs or the songs you hear over and over and over on rotation. But they were like big that year, but they just didn't. They're not the ones you hear on stations back home now. Uh, I don't know, but I picture like some Wizard of the Oz kind of figure. It <laughs> it's a hologram, and you look behind, and it's just some old man. Um, that's a great question. And before I leave Kobe, I'd like to get to the bottom of that. Uh, there's a lot of art galleries. Not a lot. There's two art galleries down there. One's a cafe. They have this weird bull made of junk. It's like a junkyard bull. Um, a bowl like a, a bowl of ice cream? A bowl like a... Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 like a, yeah, a bison. A bison. A um, giant bison. Then we saw this other, did you get to look in that shop across from the record shop today? Like, I, I just glanced in. It looked like a lot of cool, kind of like, I don't know, modern, modern design. It wasn't graffiti, but it was like street art. It's something you see on the side of a building or something, but not in a building, on canvas. 
Um, but yeah, Multico Town, awesome place. I if you come it. out to Kobe, it's worth a visit. And um, I, if I, you like the things we mentioned, I would say even if you're out in Kansai, go there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I mean, if you're not into weird, grungy black market stuff, then yeah, just go to Osaka and Kyoto and your normal places. But if you like that, I guarantee you Kyoto won't have anything like that. Osaka's got it, but maybe not as concentrated in one spot. Yeah, you could find flea markets and stuff, and yeah. uh, the flea markets. Uh, they have a lot of, um, you know, more of that grimy stuff, you know, digging in bins, looking up old electronics or DVDs and, you know, a mishmash of everything. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. Motoko Town is probably the best. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one of my favorite places. Whenever you come to Kobe, we go there. Oh, yeah, every time. Yeah. We found a great bar there. I wish I could give them a shout out. Uh, I'm pretty bad at names. I never get the names of places, but there's a bar in Motoko. Two area, and uh, everything's five dollars in there. Got the owners are always really nice, very talkative, and they play vinyl. Yeah, and uh, they sometimes have live DJs there, but yeah, there's DJs. hardly any room. It's pretty much standing it's room. Like for four people, maybe. Yeah, a total of five people. But it's a really cool place, it's and the cool. guys are super nice. Yeah, so go go explore multiple town. Come out to Kobe. Don't just get the beef. See the real Kobe, the underground Kobe. Uh, find multiple town. So, hope you enjoy this short snippet of an episode. Short but sweet. Short but sweet. And uh, our, our music for this episode, to remind me who I said I was going to do. Did I say it? I don't know if you said, did you? Well, I'll do house cleaning right now while you think yeah, about it. Um, you can find us all over the internet. We're at um, Japan 2.0, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, my personal... Uh, Twitter is Unitabilist U-N-I-T-A-B-L-I-S-T um, You could write us there or uh, David, your Twitter? I'll just use Japan 2.0 It's easy right, Japan 2.0 <laughs> yeah. so, uh, you, you can find my personal one in older episodes Yeah, that's true But um, yeah, we're on all social media, aren't we? YouTube, Instagram, we got it all covered So just search Japan 2.0 You'll find us um, I found my song Okay, what was your song? Uh, No, I'm good. What Um, song? So I'll do Soul Scream. They're a hip-hop group that, if you're looking for like the, you know, deep cut uh, hip-hop, 90s, good 90s Japanese hip-hop, they're going to come up, and the song you'll probably find is Tokyo. It's spelled a little differently, but I think that's how they want you to pronounce it. And that's a a really, really great track. And I always kind of thought they were just like a one-hit wonder band. I'd search some of the other, other songs, and I'd... It wasn't really crazy. It just sounded a little more mainstream or nothing special about them. Uh, Soul Scream, I like that name. It's a good name. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. They stuck with me. And it wasn't until we went to this really great party in Kobe. This is our Kobe episode. Called Vinyl Fight. And I think the name, just we love records. You've listened to our last episode. But I play off a video game title, Final Fight. Final yeah. Fight. Um, and one of the coolest tracks we heard there was a Soul Scream track called Seven Allies. Yeah, we both kind of like, our ears perked yeah, and we, 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 what is this? Yeah. It kind of has a very Japanese sound to it. The instrument they're using is like, it feels like they're banging on bamboo or something. <laughs> it sounds really ignorant, but I don't know, there's like this uh, weird percussion out here. Akira, the anime, uses it too. It sounds like a wood, like a wood instrument or... Wood percussion. Wood percussion, yeah. And uh, they had that going on in the background. That just really struck a chord with me. And 
just to show you like how nice you know people are out here. The DJs showed us right away what it was. Yeah, they came. They, yeah. yeah, they they pulled out the the sleeve. I just went to go look at the label just to kind of get an idea of what it looked like. Yeah. And he brought over the the actual sleeve and he showed me who it was and stuff, which is really cool. Yeah. So I went online Yahoo Auctions, which is great, and found it for I think like five bucks. And so I'll be playing that Seven Allies by Soul Scream. Hope you enjoy some more uh, rare Japanese hip hop. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. So enjoy your two weeks off before we come back at you with more knowledge on Japan. Yep, until then, see you next time. しても上、裏切り、嫉妬、欲、老衰、そして死。あの素晴らしい物語をアンとヒントに、ソウルスクリームが現代に置き換えた七つの敵。七つの敵が存在するならば、七つの見方も存在する。この素晴らしい魂の演